happy birthday oh, to you. Courtney. Well, I guess this is kind of a ha- combined happy yeah, birthday because is. we're both Libra queens. But welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast. I'm Jenna, your host. Today, I'm with my good friend, Courtney Shields, and it's her birthday. It is. The big three five. So so crazy. It's such a big milestone before 40. You know, it feels really big. Like I was joking <laughs> about with this about you the other day, but it's like you get to 30 and then it's 35 and then you're basically 40. So like in my mind, this feels monumental, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then from 40, it's 50 and then 60 and then you're done. Y- Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're only going up from here. Um, no, but I also talked to a girlfriend last night who does like numerology and she also said that 35 is a really big year because eight is a good, good number in numerology. Apparently okay. it means like health and wealth and all the things. Don't quote me on that, but Interesting. Well, I, I have a good feeling 35 is going to be your year. You're doing amazing with dibs and we'll talk about that. Thanks. But before we get into today's episode, last week it was my 25th birthday. And so my episode was 25 things I learned as I turned 25. And Courtney and I went to uh, coffee the other day and Courtney's like, do you know how old I'm turning? <laughs> and I'm like, no, honestly, I've never really like, I never really thought about it because in my mind we're like the same age. I could genuinely tell that you didn't know too. Like you were like, <laughs> no, I, I really don't have any idea. And I go 35 and you were like, what? Yes. We're 10 years apart, which is like, I mean, 10 years is a decade. It, I know it is really crazy. It doesn't feel like it though. Mm-mm. You know, you're like big sister vibes. So I thought today the perfect episode to do with Courtney is for Courtney to kind of give us some like big sister advice, like all the things that she learned from my age at 25 to now 35, because I feel like when we look at our adult life as a woman, it's like, those are kind of like very, what are the pivotal years, pivotal like years. big years. Exactly. I agree. And I definitely don't feel 10 years older than you because you are very wise and mature. And I feel like the perspective (laughs) that you have on life is no, like you feel young, you have a youthful energy, but the, your perspective on life is very grounded. Thank you. Like, I think you're very grounded. And I think um, to your testament, it is, it can be hard for people to stay grounded when they become as successful as you have become in the time that you have. And I think that you have stayed extremely grounded and you're exactly what people would think that you are like in person. You're like, I mean, even better, like even kinder. So um, to your testament, I will say that, but thank you. The today was about to be all about you. (laughs) I, but I mean, keep the compliments coming, I guess. Girl, you know, I don't lie, but 25, when I was 25, I was engaged. I think I was engaged. Oh my gosh. Literally, which now like I would never tell anyone if you're listening, don't get married before 30. I'll (laughs) kick your ass. Um, you don't know who you are truly. I really believe as a woman until you're 30, I think obviously that varies depending on the person. Like I said, like, I think you're much more grounded and like wiser probably than the average 25 year old is. But I do think that that year 30 is really pivotal. Mm -hmm. I was living a completely different life basically but I'm an open book so ask away yeah well before we open the book I guess let's give some backstory so Courtney and I met in was it March it was March because it was South by okay so we met in March and I actually I came across a DM recently from a girl that used to work for you she now works at Wonderkind and I cannot remember the name of her I can't remember her name Alexa Page maybe okay and um she messaged me she's like hey Jenna um, I work for a startup beauty brand in Austin called Dibs, and we're hosting a, a little brunch for South by was wondering if you would like to come. And I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't know anything about it. Like I had never met Courtney until that. And so I went to the brunch and 
I remember talking to Courtney and I didn't even realize that like Courtney was the founder of Tips. And then I kind of felt silly. And then we're talking and I just expected her to be living in LA or New York. I mean, typically that's like where a lot of people uh, live at least from social media. And then she said, Austin. And it was like, oh my gosh, wait, like we could, we should hang out actually. Like we should be friends. And then from there, we just actually became friends, started going on walks and now celebrating our birthdays together. And now yeah. we're just like genuinely very good friends. Yeah, so. it was really organic. And I felt like that same connection from like the minute that we first started talking. But it's funny because you didn't know me, didn't know who I was. I didn't know you, didn't <laughs> know who you were. Because again, the age, the like 10 year age gap is yeah. like we have different, demos and so like we wouldn't really have known each other prior but it was really like perfect honestly yeah and now I look to Courtney kind of as like a role model obviously she's a very good person to have in my life um good example of friendships and relationships and just like business and being a mom too just obviously like juggling so many different aspects in her life while also making so much intentional time to see me like if I could think of one friend that is always asking to like get together for coffee or even just like an hour of her time it's it's Courtney so don't make me emotional on my birthday (laughs) (laughs) it's not really your birthday unless you cry though is it true that's very true exactly so Courtney and I have been we've been making TikToks together yeah yeah, we've been having fun which alone was like kind of organic because I feel like there's always like things I'm like Jenna what do I do how do I do this or there's times and you're like I don't know what to wear I'm like I have 16 things in my closet that would be perfect for that I know well it was because I was going to meet Connor's family and I had no idea what to wear I was like I can't be wearing my like little crop tops like I need to look like respectable young girl and Courtney's like come over like I I have the perfect outfits I go there and this girl has an entire room full of like things that she pulled for me and just so sweet and thoughtful all of my clothes also fit you perfectly like we couldn't have planned it it was like the shoes fit the outfits (laughs) fit like everything we're like wait this is like ideal it was meant to happen honestly I feel like your clothes fit me better than mine and then (laughs) it was a really motivational point for me to be like okay maybe I should do a little like closet clean out and my closet is your closet enjoy thank you (laughs) don't speak too soon though So Courtney has been giving a lot of advice on TikTok. People have been obviously loving like all of the advice that you give from so many different aspects of your life. And I think it is because you've lived so many experiences in like the past 10 years. Yeah. So let's just like dive right in. So you started social media 10 years ago. Yeah. I think January will be 10 years, I think, which is insane it was January 15th this was when literally blogs were like the it thing people did Instagrams (laughs) and blogs but people really did like heavy on the blog there was no TikTok nothing like that Um, and I remember I stayed up for three days straight literally like through the night coding my own website like I had no idea how to do it and I was like I'm gonna figure it out I just like didn't sleep and I coded my own janky ass website which has obviously been upgraded since then but I just powered through and You didn't have like Wix or anything like that back then? I mean, (laughs) I didn't know about it. So what I did was like, I tried to get one of those templates, but everything still had to be changed. Like nothing fit. Like everything, yeah, everything had to be customized. So I was like racking my brain for my HTML class in high school. (laughs) Yeah, I'm that old. And I just was like in there, like HTML, B, like, okay, that's going to make it bold, right? Like I can change this. Oh my God. Yeah. That takes me back to like MySpace when everybody had the perfectly curated um, profiles. Like my older sisters were so good at it. Not me. I would literally copy whatever their profile was and I would just do it. And I feel like it taught a lot of people like web design. (laughs) No, literally. Like it was very, yeah, it was, it was a time in my life, but I did it. 
It wasn't the most beautiful website ever, but you know, it was a start. It's crazy to look back at it now though. And so then you worked in Nordstrom. So at the time I was doing that, I was living with, I think I was living with my then boyfriend who I ended up married with marrying, which is a story in and of itself. But, um, I was living with Alex at the time and my ex-husband, who's the father of my kid as well. And we were in Dallas because he played for the Dallas Cowboys. So we were living in Dallas. I coded my website. Um, at the time, I was also like working. I mean, when I was in Austin, I waited tables. I worked at Nordstrom. That was kind of right when I got back. So really started in Dallas and then uh, moved back to Austin, I think in like 2014. Kind of gotcha. right around that time that I started it. But I used to take photos outside of our apartment, <laughs> like my outfit photos of the day by the dumpster outside <laughs> swear to god unfortunately scroll long enough and you'll find them okay now i have to now i have to you know it could be kind of like aesthetic nostalgic you know it's (laughs) it was the the og tumblr face oh my god i didn't even really have a tumblr i don't think i would just scroll i I never posted anything i was never like that aesthetic girl i mean even now i'm still not like the aesthetic girl i want to be sometimes but then i'm like nah too much work you're a queen (laughs) i was thinking about the concept of this the other day which i meant to make a tiktok about at some point but i feel like everyone right now and for like the past year has been on this whole like it girl aesthetic and it's it's all about like if you think about it it's kind of weird (laughs) in a sense like we don't necessarily all need to like look alike be alike do the same things like and i realize i'm sitting here with this like back uh pony as i say (laughs) that but my point is this like you can create your own it girl. And because say you're really, really organized and your goal is to be more spontaneous, Mm -hmm. that can be your version of like your it girl, like your own girl. Or say you're like really like chaotic and, and like I'm naturally like messier and more chaotic and I need to be like reined in. So the organization thing makes sense for me because that would be like a personal goal, but everyone's can be different. I feel like that's a concept I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like your version of the, the it girl thing can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. It's probably like probably the opposite of what you currently are and it's quite (laughs) ironic that who you are right now is probably someone else's version of an it girl always right like you have curly hair you want it straight you have straight hair you want it curly it's this weird sort of like human nature you want what you can't have which I feel like is actually sort of part of adulthood and growing up is learning to actually love what you do have Mm -hmm. learning that um, sometimes it's not always about looking for and focusing on what you don't have, but finding like beauty and joy in the things that you do have Mm -hmm. and like embracing that. Would you say in the past like 10 years of doing social media that your outlook on that has significantly changed with like just beauty standards and people on social media, you know, having this pressure to like look a certain way, post a certain thing, wear a certain outfit? Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. I think it's really easy to get caught up in um, what you think that people want you to be and not who you are. And I feel like a huge life lesson of the past 10 years has been be who you are. I mean, it shouldn't be hard mm-hmm. to be who you are. And if you feel like it is hard and you're struggling, maybe you're not actually being like the truest version of yourself. And I think for me, I've only really been disappointed um, or like regretted things in my life um, during a couple periods. And one would be like, if I didn't listen to my intuition, mm-hmm. when I didn't listen to my intuition, I didn't follow that was a, like are always times that I regret. Cause I, I think in my head, I knew I shouldn't have done that. And I did it. Um, when I act out of alignment with my character in any way, like whatever that was, whether it was like something stupid in high school, you feel pressured to do something, you act out of character, um, act out of alignment with your character. And then when you aren't being yourself, 
mm-hmm. because for me, like I would always rather go down swinging. <laughs> if someone's going to criticize me for being me, by all means, like take your best shot, mm-hmm. go for it. But I have only ever felt shitty. Can I cuss? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've only ever felt shitty when I haven't been myself, when I've tried to be something I thought people wanted me to be. And then I got criticized for it. Cause it's like, well, shit, I didn't like that either. Yeah. You know? And then you're kind of looking back at like, yeah. wait, you're and right. Like, you didn't <laughs> like it. And I didn't like it. So like, why are we, why am I doing this? Whereas I think anytime I've just committed to being me, mm-hmm. I've had a lot easier time handling other people's uh, feelings, judgments, whatever, because I like it. I tell Kinsley all the time. Um, Kinsley's my daughter. She just turned five last month mm-hmm. and she's just like the sweetest soul in the world. She's genuinely like so kind and sensitive. Mm-hmm. And this little boy came up to her in school one day and he said, it's, I also think like you learn a lot of lessons from kids as, as interesting as that sounds you do. Um, but this little boy came up to her and he said, you know, I don't like you. just said I don't like you and she comes home and she's really upset and she's like I don't really know like he just came up and said he didn't like me and as a mom first of all your first like thought is like I'm gonna fuck this kid up like (laughs) you just immediately you're like how dare you because when you know Kinsley like to know Kinsley is to love her like she is just so sweet and like innocent and pure Mm -hmm. that you're like how could you how could you ever say that and her feelings were so hurt and so I told her that I would come up with something that she could say to say back if she needed to and we did and she says it now anytime someone is like mean to her or says something and the essence of this is so true even as an adult what is it so we practice okay so say you don't like me we'll practice okay Courtney I don't fucking like you well you know what (laughs) I like me so I guess that's on you (laughs) and she will say it she will literally say it she'll be like well I like me so I guess that's on you so it's all about not finding value and not putting your value in what other people think about you. If you're good with yourself, I always say if okay. I can lay my head down at night at the end of the night and know that I was kind, I did what like felt good to me morally, mm-hmm. I can live with that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's something that I've shared that I've been struggling with a lot lately, especially like having my life, I guess, um, more public than I've ever had it before is I just maybe feel some type of pressure to like Mm -hmm. present it in a certain way. And for anyone listening that is also feeling this way, like I don't think that it's necessarily an overnight fix. Like how long do you think it took you to kind of come to a realization with that and finally be comfortable like with yourself? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have days when I'm not comfortable. Even at 35, I think that those days are just a lot farther apart now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Whereas like when you're younger, I feel like it is really hard to not take what people say um, in a way that like affects how you view yourself. But I think that when you build up your, yourself and your confidence enough, um, and I think it's Ed Milet that says like building confidence is essentially, it's like the promises that you keep to yourself are like how you build, how you build confidence. So if you say like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go on a walk at 8am, you show up at 8am. It's not really about the walk. It's about the fact that you kept a promise to yourself. You start to have confidence in yourself. You start to trust yourself that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And it's big because think about if I said, Jenna, I'm going to meet you for a walk at eight. You said, okay. And I texted you 10 minutes before I I can't make it actually. I'm not going to come. And I do that 10 times. Are you going to trust that I show up when I say I'm going to? (laughs) <laughs> no, you know, so you think about that with yourself too. people think about that with other people, but they don't really internalize that. And so you realize the more you break promises with yourself, the more you let yourself down, the less you can trust yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that's when you get into trouble. So strengthening your confidence and strengthening how you feel about you 
helps um, you be more impenetrable. Like, is I don't know. Is that the word? It's I don't like, even know what that means. I'm like. People can't <laughs> penetrate you. Like, w- with, like, their, their bullets essentially don't okay. affect you because you know you're good. It's like, you know, um, I saw that TikTok going around. Did you see the blue hair TikTok? No. Okay. So this is such a good way to put it. And there's like no other better way to say this. But if I say, Jenna, I hate your blue hair. Mm-hmm. I think your blue hair is so ugly and I hate it. Are you offended? Um, Only if I don't. Well, I don't but know. Do you have blue hair? Oh, well, <laughs> I was picturing myself with blue hair and I'm no. like, uh, I feel like I probably would hate it because I don't think it goes with my no, skin. No, so tone, you don't have theoretically. blue hair. Okay, okay. So if I say, Jenna, I hate your blue hair. Jenna, Jenna is, if you're listening and you're not watching, is wearing gray like sweatshirt and sweatshorts right now. Jenna, I hate your purple dress. Like, okay. <laughs> the okay, one in my closet? Like, like, I'm not wearing a purple dress. Yeah. So when someone says, Jenna, I think you're really mean and like you suck and I hate you. Oh, like, okay. And are you like, offended? Oh. Like not really because you know you're not mean. Okay. Like you know, you know your character. Mm-hmm. You know you're good. And so that's not offensive. So if someone comes at me and they say like, you know, I think you're this or you're that and I know I'm not, it's not offensive because I have so much confidence in who I am and I'm comfortable in who I am that I know that's not like, it's not relevant. It's just random shit that people and people always say random, random shit. And I think that's the thing about living your life publicly is it does sort of feel like a it can feel there are so many privileges and blessings. And I am beyond grateful, as I know you are as well. But there there's like this fishbowl thing that happens Mm -hmm. where everything that you say starts to get critiqued and pulled apart and it can become harder to be yourself because you're worried that something that you say is going to get taken wrong or out of context or what if they don't understand that I'm coming from a good place and I think that can be really tricky Mm -hmm. but I feel like when you know when you're grounded in who you are then it's less easy to get blindsided by that or not blindsided but you know shaken with that like it's less easy for the wind to move you from side to side because you're rooted in like who you are that is really great advice that was incredible. That was oh, like thanks, a really girl. good start. We didn't even like get into the thick of it either. Yeah, sorry. I went off on a tangent. I do that. No, that was a good <laughs> tangent. Oh my gosh. That was great. I feel like that was just speaking on behalf of like how you've evolved from 25 to 35 in terms of like your relationship with yourself and how yeah. you view other people's opinions of you. So I did want to talk about how you said that you should not get married before you're 30. Yeah, can't because, recommend. I mean, I cannot even tell you how many... Girls are constantly asking me like, when should I move in with my boyfriend? Or like, when is the right time? Or I'm like upset because we've been dating for X amount of years and I haven't gotten engaged or whatever. And right now in this moment, I think, I mean, when I picture my life when I was in high school, I thought I was gonna be married when I was 25. Right. And now I'm here and it's like, I see so many people around me that are in different stages, whether they are engaged, they are getting married. My best friend is getting married in November or people that are still single or like maybe in a relationship and just not ready for that at all. Like, what is your advice to those girls that are just on such a crunch to like make it happen? So that's the exact reason that you shouldn't do it. I felt that same pressure. So again, and I want to make one thing very clear. I don't give the advice I give and have the thoughts and um, feelings that I have because I'm perfect. I give them because I'm very much not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I have been through these things. I have been married and divorced. I have had a kid who is fucking incredible, if I don't say so myself. Mm -hmm. I've built a business I've been in a very toxic and unhealthy um not the marriage to be clear but like a very toxic and unhealthy abusive relationship um that I had to get out of while being in the public eye I have been through some shit I've lost Mm -hmm. my dad um five years ago 
to cancer. Like I have been through some shit. So I don't say these things in this like holier than thou, like high and mighty do it like me. I say, learn from me because I've been there. Mm-hmm. And so all of I just want to make that clear. Like my advice and it's just my personal perspective. Like obviously I'm not yeah, the end all be all, learned. but this is just based off things I've been through and what I've, what I have learned through the experiences that I have personally experienced in my own life. Um, the reason that I say don't get married before you're 30 is for that exact reason. It's because it's what everybody thinks that you should do. And so I find um, that most people end up getting married, not because they're ready, not because they've done everything that they need to do um, personally or in their relationship, but because they feel like they have to. Mm-hmm. And I think so oftentimes and not society puts this pressure on us and it's never ending. It's genuinely never ending. It's you get married. It's you find a boyfriend. Like, where didn't you have a boyfriend yet? A girlfriend. Why don't you have like, however, you know, whatever. But why, why don't you have a boyfriend or girlfriend yet? Okay. You have a boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, when well, why aren't, engaged? why aren't you engaged? Why aren't you Bitch, living together? We've yet? been together for a year. Like <laughs> we're babies. Like that's what I mean. And then it's, and, but then you get engaged and it's, well, when are you going to get married? Like our society rushes things, rushes every single step. Yeah. And then you think it's going to end because you get married. And then it's, when are you going to have a kid? And you have a kid and it's when you're going to have another kid. And it's just never fucking ending. Like it's yeah. exhausting. So for me, it's like if you are genuinely at a place where you have like lived, you've done what you've done, you feel in your heart and your soul and and your gut like that you you are with your person. Like you feel like you are with your person by all means. Mm-hmm. You know your morals and your values align and you've talked about what you need to talk about and you've gone through adversity with this person. You've seen how that they're going to you know, stand by you or not in those times. And you've done all those things and you genuinely feel 100% confident and you're 28 years old, go for it mm-hmm. as you should. But if you aren't sure, if you do have questions, if you just aren't there yet, if you haven't met someone or if you just don't know if your relationship is like in that place, there should be no pressure to get to a place that you're not because I think that's how people end up divorced. That's how people end up and not always there's a 500 million reasons, but I mean, I personally know so many people who have ended up in situations that maybe they wouldn't have been if it weren't for that societal pressure and us really not stopping to think about like, is this actually what I want or is Mm -hmm. this just what I think I should be doing right now? Yeah. I also do feel like it's that kind of never ending feeling of like needing more. Yeah. You know, because like it'll be okay. You move in together now. You want to buy a house now. You want to get married, and then like you, your house isn't big enough. Yeah, and then it's just like you always, always want more. I feel like I mean, I'm guilty of that. I think most most people are. If you're being honest with yourself, yeah. I mean, it's consumerism and in like an emotional sense too, Mm -hmm, in a way. And I think that we all like have had those moments. But I think that you start to realize uh, the quote like when you don't really truly know. you can't really be good with it until you realize that like you have everything you need. It's really not about getting more and more and more. And I get, yeah, that could sound ironic coming from someone who like shares fashion and clothes and it's all these things, but it's not really about the superficial shit to me. If that makes sense. I've always said like, feel good, look good, look good, feel good. For me, it's like about helping uh, people feel confident. And I think sometimes like when you have a fire outfit, like you feel really great. You know what I mean? Like it's not, so it's not this like shallow thing to me, but I, but I also think that fashion and beauty is this like really cool, fun expression of who you are. I think that we can express sort of how we feel on the inside and put that onto the outside. It's, it's cool. Um, so I don't say that again in a judgy, like I don't, I don't, you know, do consumer goods kind of like bullshit way. I just think like the trap of more, more, more is a hard one that no one's ever going to win. Yeah, and it's synonymous, if that's the correct word, with relationships. Yeah. 
Um, definitely. So you mentioned that you got divorced. And, fact. Uh, fact. Um, and that was pretty public. So did you see that like your relationship with your family or your friends kind of changed at all? Like that people or even your followers, like your audience viewed you differently because something didn't work out? Yeah, I think, you know, because I've always chosen uh, to show my life and share my life on social media, I think that there's this weird conception, misconception that because you show some of your life that people know all of it. Or that they're owed an explanation yes, for everything. Everything. Um, but also that you don't live a life off the screen. Yeah. And I think that it's like whether it's reacting, and I've seen you share uh, similar things to this, whether it's reacting something positive or negative that's going on in society, in politics, in life, in rights, in, in human rights, in anything. Like people expect us, if, if they don't see it on the screen, it mm-hmm. doesn't happen sometimes to people. And I think that's just really not accurate and not mm-hmm. true. And so I think that... Yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt, you know, actually more supported than I've ever felt in some manners and then absolutely misunderstood in others, Mm -hmm. I think. And I, I think that there was this juxtaposition of like feeling like, wow, people really rallied behind me when I shared um, that I was getting divorced. And then also others uh, maybe just like didn't understand it because they thought, oh my gosh, like I loved you guys together or whatever. And I don't have anything negative to say about my ex-husband. He's the father of my kid. I have nothing but respect for him. He wasn't my person, but I have a lot of respect for him as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we co-parent well together. I'm really grateful for that. But I think like it just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it wasn't real. doesn't mean it didn't happen. doesn't mean um, that you should sort of be taken at only if you think about the most amount of TikToks you've ever made in a day. Or the most amount of Instagram stories you've ever done in a day. It's still such a small, small fragment of your day. And so I think to think that with us or anyone else that you watch and consume um, online that you're seeing like 100% of everything all the time is just not realistic, realistic, you know, Mm -hmm. and and like that would be way too much anyways. But I think that I um, have chosen to 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 share some and to keep some. And I think um, because. I'm trying to think of how to say this. I think that my silence has sometimes can sometimes be mistaken as um, me not like like guilt or me okay. me feeling some type of way or like having done something wrong. And sometimes it's just out of respect for the people in my life. Sometimes I just don't blast stories yeah. because I don't want to yeah, because it's, it's not no anyone's business. business and it's not my story. And you know what I mean? Like there are times when I think like um, I've had you know, falling, falling outs, whether it be in a friendship or in a relationship where, because I didn't say something, it was like, well, what did you do wrong? Yeah. And it's like actually oftentimes quite the opposite. In fact, it's just like, I didn't want to blast that blast how I felt about this because I don't find it appropriate. Like, it's just not, that's not in my character. And again, like I have only felt negative when I've acted in, like had misalignment with my character. So at the end of the day, I think, um, I did overall feel really supported, but I think you're, there's always going to be people that are like committed to misunderstanding you and that's fine. Yeah. They it just don't, they is. don't, they don't want to understand They don't want to know. Yeah. You can be, I like to say you can be like the juiciest peach and there's still going to be somebody that just doesn't like peaches and that's fine. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Happy Halloween this year. I don't know what I'm going to dress up as yet, but I think Connor, me, and Quincy are maybe going to be like Harry Potter, Hermione, and a wizard. 
I'm not entirely sure, but whatever you guys are dressing up as for Halloween this year, Macy's has you covered for all of your party hopping, party hosting needs. This year, I think we're going to do a little intimate celebration, probably have some friends over for dinner, make some drinks, cocktails, and Macy's has everything you need from like casserole dishes, some cute cups. I have really cute pink ones um, in my cupboard that I'm excited to bring out. And I will link any of your party needs on my landing page on Macy's, which is macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. Happy early Halloween, everyone. In terms of your advice for girls that are listening or I mean literally anyone that's listening in terms of like divorce um what is your advice for like having this gut instinct and like maybe knowing that Mm -hmm. this person isn't isn't your person um kind of advice could you give to people Mm -hmm. to feel a little bit more stable in that yeah you know I think um for someone in like your position someone who is in a relationship Um, someone who's single starting from sort of like the beginning there, I feel like it can sometimes be avoided if we actually listen to our gut sooner. If we don't take on that societal pressure or what we think that we're supposed to be doing, uh, when and where we think we're supposed to be, if we don't do things for other people's sort of approvals, um, I think we actually can, uh, I think some of us can avoid getting in certain situations, uh, because we really think like, you know what, maybe I had that instinct sooner. Mm-hmm. I would say don't ignore your gut. If deep down you really know like this person isn't actually right for me, they're probably not. If you're questioning it, marriage is hard. It can be like super beautiful and cool and fun and you can have this like lifelong best friend partner thing, but like it's fucking hard mm-hmm. because you will always ebb and flow. And when you get married, you don't think, oh, we're going to go through the death of a parent. We're going to go through the, the change of a career and the move. And then like you don't, you might know that like just common sense, but you don't really think about like, how is this person going to support me when my dad dies? Like I, you don't it, random example. And there could be a hundred for any given person. But the point is, is like, you don't necessarily think that far down. I didn't, which was obviously not great. Um, but I think like you have to listen to your gut. I think if you get to a place where you feel like, um, you already know the answer. You probably know the answer. And I yeah. would say my best advice is like, I did, we did therapy. I did therapy. Um, knowing, do everything you can. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can to salvage the situation if that's something that you want. And if you realize that you've gotten to a place where you've done everything you could do and it, it this person isn't for you. And again, I'm just speaking on personal experience. I can't, I'm not advising like someone on what to do <laughs> just because like, I don't want that kind of, um, responsibility for someone else's choice but like at the end of the day um you can't live your life unhappy and I remember waking up and being like I'm 30 and I'm way too young to be unhappy like I'm way too young to be this unhappy I felt like at that time like I had really like tried everything I could try and done everything I could do and again I could lay my head down at night and sleep knowing that like I did what I could do Mm -hmm. I think if you feel that way then you probably know the answer and if you're always questioning and wondering like I don't know, like, is this supposed to be how I feel? Should I feel like this? Like, probably not. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, real love and, like, finding that is absolutely possible. But not if we rush it. Not if we try and stuff it in a box it's not. Not if we do all those things. That's not to say any of that is ever perfect. Like, we all go through our ups and downs and every relationship goes through, like, ebb and flow. But knowing the person will support you and have your back. And if you don't feel like that, then I think you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. 
So you did what you had to do and you yeah. guys got a divorce. It was five years ago. No, um, Kinsley's five. So it was no, like two and a half years ago. Oh, she wow. was two and a half. Okay. You said yeah. that you were in bed at 30 and I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Doing the math in my mind. Okay. So that was just a yeah. couple years ago. No, I mean, I think like, yeah, five years ago, I would say like, uh, maybe I was 31. I mean, it was like this time. So I was six months pregnant to give you some perspective. I was, um, six months pregnant when we found out my dad had stage four cancer. Okay. So you can imagine how hard that would be to be going through so many things at once and like living your life online. Yeah. And living your life online. Um, and I actually, at the time I couldn't share that my dad had cancer. And so I felt like I had this like thing that I was withholding mm-hmm. because it wasn't my story. He, it, he, it wasn't something that he wanted like out there because my dad ran a company and he was the founder of a business as well and gotcha. um, computer, but he didn't want that out there and I respected that. And so I never put it out there. And so people didn't know what I was going through until he had passed. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously difficult. Um, but it wasn't this like coming on social media and faking how I felt. It was like, I genuinely enjoy and love my job. Mm-hmm. And so going on felt like this, um, I don't know if escape is the right word, but kind of like it felt like something good to me that I got to do. And if I couldn't show up or didn't feel um, like I had that in me, I just didn't. But people didn't know what was going on until after. And it was a fairly short amount of time uh, in the grand scheme. It was like I was six months pregnant um, with Kinsley. We found out my dad had stage four cancer and he died when she was six months old. So he also passed when I had a newborn, basically like or a six month old baby and so I didn't really get to just like crawl in a hole like I kind of wanted to yeah um because I had to be a mom to a new baby yeah um and so it was just a lot at once and I think that was sort of um a deterioration in in our marriage at the time because I think that it, it sort of highlighted spotlighted some of the like issues and things that you know communication and and emotional sort of like support and all these things that I think were like kind of issues that got spotlighted um, Mm -hmm. because of that. And it's just one of those things where sometimes um, you can be a really great person. And I want to say this and like, this is something that I want to underline, like literally pop out the notes section of your phone. Italics, bold, everything. Yeah. um, I'll wait. But (laughs) someone can be a great person and not be great for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think how I've, I, you know, I've come to sort of view Alex as like the co-parent of my kid and the, and the father of my child is like, I genuinely think like he is a good person. Like he is a good dude. It's just not my person. We mm-hmm. weren't a good fit. And yeah. I think that that's like huge. There's so much pressure and, um, God, my college boyfriend, shout out Kyle. Um, <laughs> he was like such a good dude. Like he was so smart and he was like really good looking. He was six, six. He was, went to Harvard. Like okay. he was like just on paper. Is he married now? Yeah. Yes. He is. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry girls. I don't know her name, but <laughs> he, um, he was just like such a good, like treated me so well. Like was never, like never mean to me. Just wasn't for you. He just like, wasn't my person. Yeah. Just and I think that's it. Like someone can be perfect on paper like played basketball, played classical piano, like anything that I would want in someone. Like if you were to be like, Courtney, I'm going to like dream up this person for you. Like here, here they are. This would have been like, oh my God, he sounds fucking great. Yeah. But like it just, he didn't make my soul. Like he didn't like light me up. Like okay. he didn't just like, I didn't have this like undying passion of like, oh my gosh, this is 
like I feel really deeply about this person. I was just mm-hmm. like, you're wonderful, but like you're not my person. And I think that like that has to be more normalized. Like someone can be great and not great for you. Fuck. Someone can be perfect and not perfect for you. Like you, no one's perfect, but you get what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. someone can look like everything that you want and still not actually be. Mm-hmm. And I think like that is not emphasized enough. How has that shaped what you look for in a relationship now? Because that realization, knowing that like you had everything that you actually thought that you wanted, mm. now what do you look for? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things too where you start to realize that it's so much more, this is going to sound so stupid, but it's so much more about the personality. Yeah. I like to envision this. Picture yourself. You're 70. You're in Italy. Italy. You have wine. Okay, that's a good retirement. Yeah, you're in Italy. <laughs> you could be on a vacation. It's, you know, you got a couple weeks there. Okay. Uh, the grandkids are at home. You are 70 years old. You have the best bottle of wine, a beautiful like loaf of bread, and you're sitting across from someone. I want to be with someone that I can have a fucking conversation with. Mm-hmm. I want to be sitting with someone that I have equity in. Uh, my mom, that was like something that my mom uh, always spoke about that I found really interesting. I went through a phase of being like, you know what? I don't know if this whole like marriage and relationship thing for is for me, like in general, like, I don't know if I'm like meant to be with someone forever, like forever is forever. Ever, but yeah. It's a long time. And so I'm like, it's a really that's long a, time. What's that one song? Yeah, forever, um, ever. is it by Paramore? Like, Forever is a long Oh time. yeah. No, it's, it, it is a long time. And I think like, internalizing that what so all that to say what you are into now mm-hmm. is like how do you evolve together in a relationship and still be sitting across from someone that you genuinely enjoy their company so right now like what I have looked for in someone is someone whose company I genuinely enjoy mm-hmm. someone who is a safe place to land and still like excites me in a way like someone who's very grounding for me and I think that I used to mistake butterflies I was like, oh my God, this sounds so gives me butterflies. Like, no bitch, that's anxiety. <laughs> like, that is not butterflies. Like, that's not how you should not feel like so ill on the way to this date that you, like, that's anxiety. Like that, your body is telling you like, I'm not safe. Like this isn't good run. And so you start to listen to your body. Uh, I have goosebumps just like. Yeah, that's like a very interesting take. Cause I think we all chase that feeling of yes. butterflies. No, and, like, you know, um. Makes sense though when I think about it. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you start to think about too how you feel when you're um, around like your favorite people, I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. It just feels good. It doesn't mean I'm not excited. Yeah. Or it's not like so much fun, but I feel relaxed and grounded and safe. And like I can just exhale when you feel like yourself holding on to your breath and you get that just like feeling. I've had so many of those feelings. I was in a, a very toxic um Again, not my ex-husband, but I was in a really toxic relationship and uh, he was very abusive and shitty and it was not fun. And I would wake up and I didn't necessarily connect the dots at the time, but I would wake up in the middle of the night, just like panicking in the middle of the night. Like I would just wake up to this like... (gasps) just like fear, like anxiety in my chest. And I had never experienced really anxiety before that. Um, I do now, but I hadn't, I hadn't at the time. And I would like wake up with this feeling and it's my body literally rejecting, rejecting the situation and saying like, get out of there. Like, this is not for you. Like leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think our bodies and we don't give our bodies enough credit for sometimes actually really being in sync with our like minds and maybe even like our subconsciouses in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a couple things to talk about here. Um, since you 
just talked about your kind of like bad relationship that you got into after your divorce. I want to talk about that first and then we'll go back to your dad and kind of how he's shaped what you're doing now Mm -hmm. um, in the life that you live now. But so in terms of after your divorce, you got into a new relationship, right? And we've had this conversation before, but Mm -hmm. obviously it wasn't. Yeah, Yeah. offline. Just like we said, there's so many things that happen offline. And I remember you saying that you were looking for something that was like almost opposite of what you had. And that's where like that initial attraction came from with that, with this person. And then over time realized like, holy shit. So my mom actually always gave me that advice. Shout out to Liz. She's an icon and a legend. Um, My parents were married, happily married for 35 years. I like I, my dad was absolutely my mom's person and vice versa. Um, Again, not that they never had struggles, but like they were each other's, each other's person. And uh, my mom always says like that people, we have a tendency to do this like pendulum thing where if you are in a relationship that is lacking passion, it's like the one thing that you complain about really lacking passion, you go for passion oh, and only passion. Mm-hmm. And you, you ignore the 15 red flags in front of you. Um, or if you feel like, you know, someone didn't like see you or value you, or then you go for someone who speaks highly of you, who sees it's you, obsessed but with you. doesn't have anything else. And so I think it was like one of those cases where I bypassed um, red flags. And then I also just think like, to be really candid, like he was also just a narcissist and a sociopath and just like really I'm uh, pretty good at reading people really really good at reading people and I knew a lot sooner than I acted on it like um, I, I didn't take action as soon as I could have is what I'm trying to say which I think hurt my confidence for a, a, a while um, because again that was I didn't listen to my own intuition I I pushed down my own thoughts and that really affected me in a negative way but um, I think that he was really, really good at like gaslighting me and manipulating me and uh, um, love bombing me mm-hmm. into being exactly who I wanted. And I made the mistake of like saying exactly what I wanted in someone. And then he just became that mm-hmm. or pretended to become that until he couldn't pretend anymore, which is obviously when things really fell apart. But um, I think that I hadn't dated in 10 years and nine years. Like I was with Alex for so long that I didn't know love bombing was a thing. Like I, was like what like what mm-hmm. do you mean people do what like yeah, what is love bombing um i'm not going to pretend to have the exact psychological um <laughs> yeah terminology so like- google it for yourself but essentially um someone tells you everything that you want to hear okay. and showers you with love just like an abundance of love whether that's words of affirmation okay time gifts trips like all these things like we were always doing these lavish things and i didn't realize at the time but showers you with all of these things uh to manipulate you and to kind of like pull the rug out from under you and give you all of this love and then kind of take it away to their own to their own gain I would say um so it's a very like narcissistic uh strange thing to do but people do do it okay and it happened to me and I also want to speak to the I guess like idea that when you hear about someone getting in abusive relationships I think from an outside perspective it's easy to think like couldn't be me Mm-hmm. I am one of the more confident people I know <laughs> happened to me mm-hmm. can happen to anybody. And I think that's why people have to pay attention. I like to say that if you sit back and you observe people, they'll show you who you are, but you have to believe them when they show you who you are. So there were things he said and did that I didn't believe. I didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. I gave him the benefit of the doubt so much so that I rewrote sort of the story as to like, 
you're just having a bad day. You're having a bad moment. You, you know, when someone says, it's going to be better tomorrow, I'll be better tomorrow. They said that to you 50 times, like probably not going to be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, obviously got out of that situation after a, a really traumatic um, thing, but uh, event. But I think that um, I, I didn't even know love bombing existed. So it's kind of like educating yourself on those things is really important because yeah. you can, you're less likely to end up in that situation. And if you do end up in that situation, there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times, especially as women, we feel so much shame surrounding that. And I thought at that time I had shared the relationship way, 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 way too early. Mm-hmm. And I felt so much pressure. Like people are going to think it was me. Like I did something or like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't lovable or I wasn't all of these things when it really was like, he was pretty terrible. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I ultimately had to come to terms with the fact that like, you know what, if people are going to judge me for it, like so be it. But that's like, I got to do what's best for me. That's on you. Mm-hmm. I know who I am and that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. It's a good takeaway. And I think I still sure. haven't told like the full story. I, I feel like I'll probably write a book one day. Yeah, you I think should. That's like a, that's a, eloquent. a lifelong dream for me, to be honest. But I think I since I haven't ever told that full story, it always left things uh, to people's imagination. But um, yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you would like to share? Um, I mean, it, it, it was physical. It was he like physically abused me and it was a... a, a um, something so it was like a something that I couldn't ignore Mm -hmm. I think I I almost had to I almost brushed everything else under the rug of like it'll get until that better it'll be better and it was just a wake-up call that for me and I'm grateful I even did it when I did I think the stat is something along the lines of it takes um, most women I want to say like seven or eight times of that unfortunately happening to do something to leave Um, and it was that time for me that I thought like I will never again be in this in this situation. And so I quite literally ran away um, and never looked back. But it was one of those things that um, I couldn't ignore it. And I had ignored so many things. And so if you have a bad feeling, I just if anyone is listening that is in a similar situation, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, It's not your fault. There's nothing that you can do. um, But you have to leave because it gets worse. It doesn't get better. Like if it's bad, it gets worse. Okay, well, we won't spend too much time. Not to be dark, but <laughs> no, yeah, I think well, it's important to say because I felt so much shame and I felt like you feel and people like that make you feel terrible about yourself. And they yeah. say like some of the worst things to you and they make you feel like you, this is your fault mm-hmm. and it's not your fault. No, I do think it's really important to share, especially coming from someone that has like a very like intimate experience with it. Like I, I can only give relationship advice to what I've experienced and I've seen the amount of questions that girls will ask in my Facebook group a lot of times. And like, I read it and I just, I'm so heartbroken because I'm like, I don't, I, yeah. I can't give you advice because I, I've never been in the position, but like maybe I could find someone and bring them on the podcast that has been and can give you like valuable words that actually like mean something that they've acted on themselves. I'll so. give you a, f- a funny way to end this and then we'll move on. Okay. Um, but uh, it was like nearing the end and he, he like sent me a text message, just something along the lines of like, you're never going to find somebody like me like ever again, to which I think I responded like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> like, please God, I hope not. Yeah. And then he said like, your chance is ending, your your windows you know, closing or something like that. And I just sent the gif of like this old lady like closing the window oh shade shutter, like bye. Um, I think when you get out of it, you, you, you've, 
feel this just like massive weight lifted and you will feel proud of yourself. You can start to rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think that like you can breathe again. Mm-hmm. So just do it, rip the bandaid off um, and you'll feel like yourself again. Like you will feel so much better. It's um, easier said than done, but you can do it. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because I know you at this point in your life and I didn't know you then. So a lot of the stories that you tell me and the experiences you went through, I'm like, I would just never know because of the way that you carry yourself. And so talking about rebuilding yourself and also like living in your father's memory kind of in the way that you live now, how would you say that losing your dad um, a few years ago has kind of affected, well, also how you raise Kinsley and relationships too now moving forward after also the abusive relationship? I like to say, and I I think I'm someone who's sort of a pro at finding the silver lining (laughs) in everything, um, like to a fault. And I think that um, I love a good silver lining. I would say when it comes to my dad, I had an incredible dad. Mm -hmm. Like my parents are incredible. I feel so beyond blessed that most of my trauma has been in the past five years, the past five to seven years. Like I had a really, really great and a great, beautiful childhood. And I think that I got to see a really true example of love and partnership. I got to see a really like strong woman role model in my life. I got to see an actual man who like treated women with kindness and was this entrepreneur and was just like, they're both like so smart and, and well-spoken and kind. And I think I was really raised in that environment. And so it gave me this, uh, unshakable kind of, uh, foundation that I know a lot of people are not blessed enough to have. And so I think that I feel extremely grateful to my parents for giving me that. So while I miss my dad every day and I truly mean, I miss my dad every fucking day, um, like every day, but I feel really grateful to have had a great dad for 30 years. Cause I know that's something that a lot of people don't have. And I feel like God, the universe, you know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it has, um, shown me that, that I am blessed to have had my dad for when I did. So I try to view it through the lens of gratitude, um, but I miss him all the time. And I think like he really taught me, there's so many things I wish if I could ask him now, I would. Um, I didn't have the foresight to know what questions to ask, whether it was about business or parenting or whatever. Like I didn't know at the time, but oftentimes if I go kind of inward, I know what he would say, I think. Um, and so he's really shaped the, the way that I, am in in so many ways I think I definitely wouldn't be who I was if uh, it wasn't for him and he's very strong he didn't really take no for an answer Um, my bones tattoo is kind of like my mom always says um, two things one I'm like I'm a dog with a bone if I want something like I'm gonna get it done and I feel like you're very much that way too like you're like a hustler (laughs) like you just you can make it happen that's all my dad like Brooklyn raised just very like get it done like you need to be bailed out of jail at 2 a.m. Like, I'm your girl. Call me. Um, <laughs> like, I'm just ride or die for my friends. And my dad was very much that way, as is my mom. Like, she's just so loyal, so so uh, kind. And then the other Bones thing is, like, you got to be good to the bones, like, good to the core. Like, that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not from the Marin oh, Morris song, that. but it's basically that. Like, <laughs> if, someone has, if someone has good bones, like, if they're good down to the core, like, I think knowing my dad um, was like that. He, he was 5'10", but he felt like he was like 6'10", because he just was this massive presence, and he was so well-spoken, and just like brilliant, and funny, and charismatic, and all these things that I can only hope to be um, half of, so yeah. You are. You're 100% of it. Thank you. (laughs) So that brings us to our current 
situation now. Just turned 35. Mm -hmm. Kinsley is five years old. Five. We're like two weeks apart. So crazy. So I had her when I was 29. She's on the cusp day of Virgo and Libra. So I was 29. She was born. I turned 30 like two weeks later. Okay. What a good birthday present. I know. Motherhood. She's the best little birthday present. (laughs) So now you have a five-year-old daughter. So weird. Also... Okay, don't don't come for me when I say this. When do they start going to school? Like what age? So next year, she's in preschool right now. Okay. Next year, she'll be in kindergarten. But she's also like uh, old for her like quote grade. Yeah. So since she's September, I think I think in Texas, September 1st is the cutoff day. Okay. So if she was born the like in August, she would be in kindergarten right now. But because she's late September, she's like the older of her preschool grade. She'll go to kindergarten next year. Gotcha. Okay. That's kind of how I was too. My birthday is September 30th. I think our cutoff day was mm-hmm. literally October 1st. Were so you the oldest then or that I was, you go youngest? There were people that were still older than me, but I mean, honestly, I was happy that my parents did it because then it was like, well, I was turning 21 before all my other friends. I was turning 16 before my other yeah. friends. I was driving. I was it's like fun. doing these things first instead of like seeing everyone around me doing things. Same. And then I get to. Same. But so you have Kinsley and now... I want to talk about dibs because that's really like how we met and anyone that like my other baby, my other child. Yeah, seriously. Anyone that has like followed me since literally March, I don't shut the fuck up about it. You would think that I like own the business because of how much I talk about it just because I literally love it. And I think the, the plus side, the advantage is that like we actually are just genuinely friends and I happen to love your brand. It's not like one way or the other. It was super organic. Yeah. And so you started dibs. I want everyone to know the story of like how you started your business and now you're in revolve. It's like what crazy. We've been in women's health and Vogue and it's Cosmo. We won a Cosmo award this year. It's been pretty crazy. It's like the whole imposter syndrome. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, are you sure? Like, yeah. are you sure you guys like, really you mm-hmm. promise? Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm really, really, really grateful. But, um, we started, so we launched on my dad's birthday mm-hmm. last year. And then this year we celebrated together, uh, which you were a part of. Um, and it was really sort of this idea. I got teased. I got made fun of a lot in like middle school and growing up in Texas, I didn't look like everybody else. Um, and all my friends were blonde, blue eyed, tall, fair, like just very, very different. And so I had a literal mustache. Um, thanks mom (laughs) for telling me to bleach it, not shave it. You'll never be forgiven. Um, but I like got made fun of for so many things. I think I never felt confident in my skin. I never felt like that. And so when it came to dibs, it was like, I had been, I hate the term influencer, but like I've been influencing, I've been trying brands and products and working with brands and trying everything under the sun for years. Specifically makeup. Yes. Because that's where you start. Yes. That's like my bread and butter is beauty. And I had been doing that for so long. So I knew what was good, what wasn't good, what, where, like what was missing, what could have been better, like all these things. And so it was sort of this evolution of wanting to create the name dibs is stands for desert Island beauty status. And it came from this uh, desire to create products that were the best product in your makeup bag. If you're like, fuck, I'm driving and I forgot like any of my makeup. Like I want to be the, we want to be the thing that you can't live without like the thing that if you were going to go to a desert island somewhere that if we said you can only take three products like I want you to be like gotta have my desert island duo or whatever like we want it to be the absolute must-haves and instead of chasing trends we wanted people to um just genuinely feel like their best selves as Mm -hmm. 
cheesy as that sounds my blog before it was like Courtney Shields anything it literally started as bring your own beauty and it was all about like being the best version of yourself and I think that's sort of reflected in dibs as well which is just enhancing your features feeling you are most beautiful not tracing chasing a trend or trying to look like someone else or something else someone else's uh, beauty standard but just feeling like you Mm -hmm. the best version of that well it's funny because when I think about my makeup drawer there's like a couple products that I've had for years honestly I should probably check the expiration date because I'm like (laughs) I know for a fact that this the bronzer is from like maybe 2015 like high school it just never ends but um then I think about like a lot of the products that are constantly shown to us on TikTok like oh my god there's a new concealer hack or oh there's a new sponge you need to use like do you remember when those like little silicon like Mm -hmm. basically like they remind me of like boob insert things. Yeah, yeah. And people like are sticky sla- boobs. Yeah, they're yeah. like slapping their face with it. I'm like, stop it. Like, I never got behind stop that. Stop it. I didn't do it either. There's a lot of like beauty trends and different items that like you'll see it for a people year. And putting then it's like just deodorant on gone. their face and then foundation. I'm like, that can't be healthy. What? Yeah. Okay, I didn't it see like that stops one. you from sweating, but it also clogs your pores. Oh my God. Can't recommend. Yeah. It just is- like anything and everything though, Sounds to your point, like we don't want to be gimmicky. Yeah. It's like, want to just be like the best, but also we want it to be multi-use and easy, easy to use, not intimidating. Cause I do mm-hmm. think beauty, I, I found that beauty was either felt like from people that I was talking to in my DMS all day, that it was either like very intimidating for people or it was boring mm-hmm. and we wanted to be fun, but be easy to use and not intimidating yeah which I think is kind of hard to have the two because when I think of fun makeup I'm thinking of people that are doing like insane like mm-hmm. Manny MUA they're doing like crazy looks you know yeah. or like Nikki tutorials I love her, I'm yeah, with her. She's great. Um, but even as someone I've always been interested in beauty I mean I've spent my entire childhood like only ever watching um, beauty tutorials on YouTube and like hair tutorials and you stuff. You slay your makeup. You always do a great job. Thank you. Today I have half my makeup off because I got Botox in my forehead. They had to take it off. I need Botox. <laughs> I'm like, we're down to the last leg here. But no. I also have a really, really great team. So my co-founder, Jeff, who's just like absolutely incredible. He's so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, was previously working with A-Rod and J-Lo. Dan, who is one of the founders of Tula. And Ken, who is one of the also co-founders of Tula, he's an absolute legend and an icon uh, and the co-founder of Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. So our team just knows how to do beauty. Like it's a very. Yes. You are sitting beside some very well versed yes, people, which absolutely. is crazy. And I'm sitting beside one of them myself. I was going to say so. uh, myself. Uh, you are also yeah. one of them. I, I have that same faith in you. Oh, thank you. Well, stay tuned because there might be something really exciting coming. There might be. There, there might be. There might be. Jenna, Jenna might be our first something. Maybe. I don't know. You never know. Maybe not. into existence. Maybe past it. But until then, um, Courtney was gracious enough to give you guys a discount code if you do want to buy anything from Dibs. Um, I highly recommend the Desert Island uh, Duo Duo, Sticks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the blush and bronzer uh, duo. It's 5.5 your favorite, right? And then you like blush shade two, the poppy and shade six. Yeah. Honestly, literally all of them. I feel like anytime if someone asks me, it's like, it just changes depending on the day, but I feel like one and two are really good for someone that like, you know, it's pretty universal. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and then 5.5, 5.5, I think it looks a little bit darker online, but like in person, it's so beautiful. It's and it's so wearable. I really think that's good. our most universal. It, you think so? I think it's a little bit darker than like people would expect, but in person, I think it's a really good like holiday. Yeah. 
It's a very good fall shade. Three is also really, really universal if you like a neutral color. Like the bronzer is pretty neutral. The blush is pretty neutral. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, all of them, I, can, I can't say enough. And then like the statistic. I mean, okay, I could just go Thanks, on and girl. on and on about this. Um, all right. Well, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Courtney. And we're so lucky we got to spend part of her birthday with us and also get some great advice from a little big sister. Her little big sister. Very grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Hope I didn't talk all of your ears off. I'm chatty, I know. It was great. Go celebrate, and I'll talk to the rest of you guys next Tuesday. Bye.